भगवम इरिया वहीम पड़िकमामी इच्छम इच्छामी पड़िकमियो इरिया वहियाए विराहनाए गमणा गमणे पाणक कमणे पियक कमणे हरियक कमणे ओसा उत्तिंग वनग दग मट्टी मकड़ा संताणा संकमणे जेमे जीवा विराहिया एगिंदिया बेंदिया तेंदिया चौरिंदिया पंचिंदिया अभिहया वत्तिया लेसिया संघाइया संघट्टिया पर्याविया किलामिया उद्धविया ठाणाओ ठाणम संकामिया जीवियाओ ववरोविया तस्स मिच्छामी दुक्कडम Welcome back. So, you just heard and saw the translation if you're on YouTube. Otherwise you heard uh the Alokana Sutra in the original presumably Sanskrit. Um before we get started if this is your first time seeing me, sorry Sarasvati. Something like that. In India, if you drop money, you uh pick it up. Put it to your forehead, kiss it. You don't touch your lips with it. You just, you know, kind of go back and forth like this a few times, and uh, kind of internally say a prayer and an apology to the goddess Lakshmi, of which money is a physical uh, manifestation. Little different from the you cannot serve both God and Mammon approach to set it on fire. Eh. It's keeping you away from God. Yeah. Actually, Jainism seems to be a little bit more in line with that than uh, than Hinduism. So that's interesting. But yeah, books are Sarasvati, so you don't want to touch your foot to the book. The ground is sacred. It's okay to stack books on the ground, but you don't want to touch a book with your foot. But if you drop money on the ground, then you pick it up. Why the difference? I'm not sure. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, if this is your first time seeing me, click here, and uh, it, that'll take you to the Dhammapada, uh, the very beginning of this podcast. The that's the playlist. Just start at the beginning, and you can binge watch this for the next twenty-three uh, hours, almost, I think, or more. I don't know. I think we're up to episode forty-seven or forty-eight now overall. um and but if you are here for the jainism but uh not necessarily this particular sutra but you'd like to hear jain sutras but you're a little confused cuz buddhist books jain sutras what's up with that click here what's up with that um and that'll take you to the beginning of the jain sutras playlist which starts with a very nice episode in which i explain why we're talking about jain sutras on a buddhist books podcast to sum up in my opinion um jainism is to buddhism similar to what judaism is to christianity and uh if you remember last episode i noted that i'm approaching jainism the way a christian approaches the old testament which isn't necessarily a good thing i'm going to try to approach it more like a jain for buddha 
Huh? Anybody? Jews for Jesus. It's sort of a play on words. Never mind. Okay, so uh, you saw and heard that sutra. Let's go over the more, you know, clearly like English stated translation of that sutra, courtesy of Upadhyaya Amar Muni, whose words we are reading in this section of Buddhist Books Podcast. <clears throat> o venerable one, as you deem fit, grant me permission that I may seek forgiveness for the wrongdoings related to movements that I have committed until now. Having gained your approval, my wish is to be relieved from the sins that may have arisen from any pain inflicted upon creatures during my movements. In my movements, not those movements, in my movements, if I have crushed any creature or seed, if I have pressed down or crushed any plant, dew, anthill, five-colored moss, water, soil, or spider web, if I have inflicted pain upon any living being or creature of one to five senses, stopped them in their path, covered them with dust, rubbed them, gathered them together, touched, caused mental pain, tiredness and distress, shifted them from one place to another, or above all, relieved them from life, then by the powers of repentance, may these wrongdoings and sins of mine become void. Wow. Okay. So one, one thing that uh, stood out to me just then was one to five senses. That's very interesting. Because uh, how many creatures have one sense, at least maybe the sense of touch? Thinking back to when we were, you know, single-celled organisms. You remember back when we uh, started to become photosensitive and would move down away from the surface of the water if it was too hot and move up toward the source of the water or the surface of the water when it cooled off. Remember that? Neither do I. Uh, but yeah, maybe that was two senses. Sight, sort of. That was the beginning of sight. And, uh, and touch. Very interesting. Interesting just that alone to contemplate, I think. Okay. Analysis. This gets back to that classic vision of the, the Jayan sweeping with the soft uh, broom in front of them so as not to harm any living creatures. Oh, and if you noted that it was not Joe Bob, but rather John Bob, you've read uh, The Small Gray Mouse and other short stories. At least most of it. Some people drop off around the middle, which is kind of sad because it gets good toward the end. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, um, E-Burrito is, uh, is on Amazon. It's published. If you type in Edward Reeb, E-Burrito. That's Y, 
the letter Y space burrito. Enough of that. Okay, analysis. The Jaina religion lays great emphasis on the virtue of discrimination. You don't look like you're from around here, son. No, not that kind of discrimination. To maintain discrimination at all times and to reflect on one's actions is an essential practice for lay persons as well as monks. In every action, whether in motion or stillness, whether in speech or silence, whether in giving or receiving. Uh, sorry, um, this is mostly for the benefit of the people watching. For the people listening, I apologize twice. Okay, uh, ben, uh, giving or receiving, one must not forget one's capacity to discriminate. In whatever you do, examine the pros and cons. Move ahead with vigilance and you will not be affected by sin. Go forward, move ahead. Tattooed and tattooed. It's not too late to whip it. Whip it good. Dun, 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 dun. Carelessness or pramada and non-discrimination, aviveka. Presumably viveka is discrimination. Aviveka is non-discrimination. See how that works. Okay are the basis of sins. So carelessness and non-discrimination are the basis of sins. Even if you are caught in the mire of delusion to a very small degree, it is enough to cause blemishes in your heart. Lord Mahavir is partial to the path of the orthodox Nivrita Dharma. Okay, note Put a pin in that in our overall um, mission to learn about what it was that the Buddha would have learned. I think he would have learned Orthodox Nivrita Dharma. Okay. But his concept of Nivrita, which means renunciation, does not imply that one must remain idle, not be of any use to anyone and make a void of one's life. Far from this, his nivrita moves away from lack of action towards positive action and onwards to auspicious action. It spurs us ahead on the path of life guided by the light of discrimination. This is the reason why the scriptures instruct the aspirant to always remain in a state of vigilance. Jayam kare jayam chite jayamase jayam se jayam bhun janto bhasanto pava karma na bandhai from Dasa 4 slash 8. Quote, if one is vigilant while walking, standing, sitting, sleeping, talking, eating, and drinking, then he is not confined by sin, end quote. How do you stay vigilant while sleeping? I'm just wondering. Invigilance is at the root of the shackles of sinful deeds. The above sutra, I just felt like saying it that way, is a clear picture 
of discrimination and vigilance. However, one may harm a living organism inadvertently. For this, the above sutra prescribes the mode of repentance. After all, an ordinary man is an effigy of errors and mistakes. I only know the kinds of effigies that you burn, being from America. Anyway, um, yeah, they burn effigies everywhere. Not everywhere, but everywhere that ends up on the news. Despite being cautious, he does not commit errors and deviates from his goals. Making a mistake may be unavoidable and may not always be dangerous, but to be callous about one's mistakes, to ignore them and feel no repentance for them, are dangerous habits. The Jaina aspirant repents for even the smallest of sins and never lets his faculty of vigilance slip, even for the span of a second. The aspirant who can progress in the spiritual realm is one who expresses repentance towards sinful deeds of omission and commission. who follows the penance to evolve towards self-progress and who takes greater care to remain vigilant in the future. So much of this makes me think, you know, you know, maybe he went to India. You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe he went to India and studied Jainism, you know, studied under a Jainist. There's also, for those of you who knew me in my former life. There's the tatwas. Sorry to everyone else. I'm talking to a tiny sliver of... Um, and yeah, and a lot of this is reminiscent of the overall structure of that org as well. It makes me think that the theosophists behind its uh, construction design, whatever. We're drawing a lot from Jainism in, in the creation of it. All right, enough about that. Enough about what? I don't know. Um, I've started uh, getting back to writing Esoteric Nerd now that E-Burrito is finished. I've, I wrote the first four pages this morning, though I may trim them and edit them. In fact, I know I will. I'm at the stage of just word flow, word flow, even though I'm like, okay, this part is a bit much expletive and uh, it's delaying getting to the point of the flow, so I'll probably cut it and put it in a flashback sort of thing later, one of those expletive sort of conversations, Sherlock talking to Watson, whatever, not to call myself Sherlock. Anyway, next section. Purification of the heart. The Alokana Sutra describes the path of self-purification by method of introspection repentance, and atonement. Just as we use detergents to wash our clothes and restore their cleanliness, that reminds me, i got to have this dry cleaned, uh, we must use the above recitation and its reflection to cleanse ourselves of any sins that we may have committed during the course of daily activities due to inauspicious contact. 
fluctuations of the mind and non-discrimination. This means that one can regain purity and cleanliness in following the path of self-restraint once again. Confess before the Eucharist, right? It is important that we clean and clear the area before commencing any task. This is known as ksetra visudi. Visudi? Anyway. Uh, before sowing seeds, if you know what it, no. Uh, a farmer, uh, yeah, so those seeds. The farmer clears his field and removes all the bushes and weeds. No, we're not talking about that. He softens the soil by plowing the field and uh, makes the land even. We're talking about farming. This isn't some weird... Only then the seeds sown by him will yield fruit, not otherwise. I think even if you don't shave it, she can get... Um, sorry, she, seeds thrown over an unkept land... <laughs> wither away and do not grow into plants. We're talking about plants. Um, similarly, the heart of the spiritual area must be purified and made pliable before performing religious activities such as samayika. Right? Chains for Buddha, right? Okay. Okay. The pure fragrance of equanimity cannot spread in a heart afflicted by the grime of sin. Neither can it achieve a sudden burst of freshness by samayika. Did they already explain samayika? Therefore, Jainism propounds the purification of the heart at all times. This purification is possible only by a continuous process of introspection. This is the importance of Alokana Sutra in our lives. It's good. I, I like the Sutra. Even if you're not Jainist, I think it's a good one. You could do this one as a, a vegan Christian, I think or a vegan atheist. Okay. How do the processes of movement afflict other creatures? These have been described in great detail. I mean, it would be a little odd to eat a cheeseburger and then do this sutra, right? So you'd have to at least be vegetarian, I think. Or like something. I don't know. You know, in the uh, free-range... Okay, the insights and perhaps and perceptions of those who created these sutras are very sharp. They are able to perceive the most microscopic errors committed. This is truly a powerful system to purify the heart by apologizing to the gross as well as the subtle forms of life be it the one-sensed or five-sensed creatures. Gentleness of the mind. This concept of being conscious of such 
subtle violence towards insects, worms, as well as seeds and plants is something that is unique to Jainism. Okay. Many persons question whether it can be included under violence at all. I would say, look at those organisms with compassion in your heart. You will see that they have the same attachment to life as you do. When the heart is rigid, you cannot value their life, just as the man-eating lion does not value your life. But those who are kind-hearted and compassionate sense the pain of the subtlest kind, too. It is said that Ramakrishna Paramahansa was so compassionate that when he saw people treading on green grass, his heart would be filled with pain. Life is valuable, be it small or big. The subtle form of violence. Violence is not just snatching someone's life. The spectrum of violence is vast. To inflict pain on anyone's body, mind, or speech is violence. Pay attention to the words in the scriptures, such as abhihaya and vatiya. It is difficult to find such a subtle analysis of violence anywhere. To dislodge a creature from its place is violence. To meddle with the freedom of any creature in any way is also considered violence. But remember this. The reference made to displacing a creature from its place is prohibited only if it is done with the wrong intention. If it is from a feeling of compassion that one has removed a creature from sunlight to shade, or from a place of danger to a place of safety, then that action is not one of violence, but of nonviolence and kindness. That was the seed. See? Makes a sound. All right. In this sutra, the words lesia and sanghatiya are found. Lesia means to crush the creatures against the ground, and saghatiya means to touch them. The question that arises is that the punjani or the woolen mop, which is used to clear away ants and small creatures on the floor, does it not touch them or crush them? How can those small creatures of one or few senses bear the weight of the punjani? It, it, is it not violence? To this, the response is that yes, violence is committed in this instance. But this violence is necessary to prevent the greater violence. To clear, to stop, or to touch the ants that are in one's way is prohibited in Jainism. But if one is traveling and finds these creatures in its path, 
and also realizes that there is no other way to save them, it is legitimate to cause them a little hurt to save their lives. And so this hurt or pain is not considered violence since it is rooted in kindness and non-violence. The subtle violence that is committed out of compassion is considered a way for nirjara or removal of karmic burdens. Therefore, the great Akaryas have mentioned that our karmic burdens are stopped, samvara, and discarded, nirjara, during the cleansing of the ground before sitting down, even though subtle violence is committed in this action. Thus, you can see that although violence is present, the karmic shedding, or nirjara, has also taken place. Violence encompasses all sins. Why has violence alone been mentioned in the context of purification of one's religious conduct through the means of alokana? Why does the entire lesson focus on the ills of violence and not of untruth and other such sins? Isn't it necessary that one must analyze all sins to purify the heart? The answer is simply this. Violence is foremost among all sins in this world. Therefore, by the logic of sarve pada hasti pade nimagna, such sins, sins such as dishonesty, theft, non-chastity, hoarding, anger, pride, delusion, greed, attachment, aversion, and conflict become a part of violence or are included in violence. Let us now embark on a discussion of how all other sins are included in violence. Violence is classified as twofold, violence of the self or svahimsa, and violence on others, parahimsa. And remember, ahimsa, nonviolence. So himsa must mean violence, right? The former relates to the, so sva is self, para is others. All right? But sva and para are one, ultimately. So, okay, no, we're not going there just yet, I don't think. The former relates, that's sva, self. The former relates to the violence that we inflict upon ourselves and upon the qualities of our soul. And the latter refers to the violence that we inflict upon others and upon their qualities. This definition emerges from the insight that we inflict harm upon any being. It is obvious that some form of violence takes place. However, upon receiving pain, there's also an emergence of attachment and aversion in the being which further violates the qualities of his soul. Moreover, one who has caused violence is also affected since he has committed the violence under some sort of delusion, be it anger, 
pride, illusion, greed, attachment, aversion. These violate the qualities of his soul as well. By such moral degradation, he violates his own self and further violates the inherent qualities such as truth, conduct, humility, and the like. Thus, it is apparent that all sins are included in violence of the self. This chapter is known as the Aryapathiki Sutra, Akarya Hemachandra, has given its meaning as follows. <clears throat> Aranam irya gamanamityarta tat pradhana pandha iryapatastatra bhava airyapatiki. That comes from Yoga Sastra 3 slash 124 Irya means movement and the path which involves movement is known as the Irya path. The actions that occur in this path related to violence and dishonesty are known as Iryapatiki. Akarya Hemachandra gives one more analysis of the meaning. Iryapata Sadvakara, from the thing I said before, the same Yoga Sastra 3 slash 24 and so on. This means that Iryapath means Sadvakara, or Chara, uh, or noble conduct of a monk. And that which blots or blemishes it is known as Patiki. Therefore, the Akarya says that these sutras have been given for the purpose of purifying blemishes. Okay, so we'll pick up right where we left off today, next time. Thank you all for joining me. And uh, to to Brad, hello. Um, he, he mentioned that he's going to be listening to this podcast while he paints or draws. I hope that, um, I hope it's all right. And I apologize for the inadvertent himsa, whether subtle or gross, which I may have prior to this moment inflicted upon you through my lack of vigilance and my non the other thing through word and speech and thought or something or just like going Puh. yeah that's awful isn't it I really should have a screen here but then you wouldn't be able to see me I have one it's just you know I just this antique never mind um okay Thank you all for, uh, for joining me on this bumpy ride. And thank you for going on this ride with me. All right. I'll close with the prayer that my father and I used to perform when I was young. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, 
we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.